There's a philosopher that I had the opportunity to study a bit about in both college and in pre-theology, in seminary, and that was the political philosopher Thomas Hobbes. And he talked about what he called the state of nature, and out of that he drew the conclusion that life is poor, nasty, brutish, and short. And essentially what he was getting at, as you can imagine, it wasn't the prettiest picture of life, is that in the state of nature, and kind of like the way that we, you know, uh, would naturally go about things, that basically life is about the survival of the fittest, that might makes right, that the strongest is going to prevail. And because that's the case of the way that things naturally are, we give all of our rights over to the Leviathan to manage us and control us because that's better than just having might makes right. And sometimes, you know, we hear things about, you know, the survival of the fittest, that the strongest is the one in control. And sometimes I think we even kind of go about our lives wanting to just be in control, you know, like, like be the strong ones who are sort of ruling things and almost looking at Christianity, looking at the way that our Lord tells us to live, especially by the way that he lived his own life, to think that those are nice teachings that don't really work out, you know? That ultimately it's like, you know, that's an ideal and that's great, but, you know, I can't really be charitable towards my neighbor. I got to take care of number one. Now, obviously, I hope, as we live our lives, we see the fact that that is ultimately a false way to go about things, that we do need to imitate Christ. Now, there's a part of us that doesn't want to do that, right? That we, in our fallen state, want to, as I said, take care of number one. We want to look out for ourselves, that we're willing to kind of cut corners sometimes to maybe, I don't know, take the bigger slice of pizza or take two slices of pizza rather than sharing with others. That maybe, when we go to the store, we pick up three packages of toilet paper, even though we really only need like four rolls for the foreseeable future, right? But we would rather just hurry up and gobble this up rather than be concerned about the others. And I don't mean to go from Thomas Hobbes to toilet paper so quickly, but I think it's important that we look at that because as we're here this morning, as you're tuning in for Mass in the morning on a Friday morning, as we're here, as we prepare to grow closer to Christ, I think it's important to think about what is the underlying philosophy of our own life. Are we out simply for number one? Are we out to win at our day-to-day life? Or are we ultimately about striving to be like Christ? You know, if you think about, let's say, okay, we know March Madness didn't get to happen this year, right? Which would you prefer your team to be? The one that, you know, won the national championship at all costs, even if it meant some dirty tricks, some things behind the referee's back, some like nasty, you know, like elbows to the back, um, not to knock him down, but let's just say, I mean, we're in North Carolina, the old Christian Leitner, like, stomp to the chest. You know, like those little things that don't necessarily get noticed, but hey, you're number one. Or the good, and I'm, I'm nothing against Christian Leitner. I doubt he's going to watch this, but, you know, I'm taking it out of context. Anyway, like, you know, the dirty tricks to win it all or 
The team that at the end of the day knows that they worked hard, played hard, that ultimately it's about becoming the young man or woman that you're called to be. You know, virtuous and, you know, putting it all out there, but not willing to sa sacrifice your character merely to have your name on the record book, right? Or if we, like, look back in history, let's say look back to Industrial Revolution England, you know, which would you rather have your ancestor be? The factory owner who took advantage of all the workers and lived in cold comfort himself, you know, having plenty, you know, of just all sorts of riches, you know, having everything that he wanted, you know, basically growing fat on the work of others, or would you rather that your ancestors be one of those workers who gave their all and strove to provide for their family, right? Even at the cost of their own physical health. Looking back, which would you prefer those to be, you know? And which would you prefer to emulate right now? Of course, any of us, especially in our fallen state, you know, want the comfort, right? I'm excited that, you know, later on when I go home today, I have a comfortable chair to sit on. In fact, I have comfortable chairs to sit upon in my house. I have more than one. I mean, I'm very blessed in that. I also happen to have like three rolls of toilet paper. So hooray, please don't raid my house. You know, so, I mean, there are things that we have and it's nice to have comfort. However, what is our life ultimately about? What is it about that we're ultimately striving for? Is it just to win the competition, to, you know, be the strongest around, to have comfort at home, or is it to become a saint? Is it to become one who follows Jesus Christ, who loves him with all of your heart? As we sort of like look back and think about what do we, what would we prefer from our ancestors? Which would we be more proud of, right? Think about this. What do we do in the church typically on a Friday in Lent? We pray the stations of the cross. Now, from a worldly perspective of who's winning this battle, I mean, for goodness sakes, it's the Roman soldiers. It's the chief priests and Pharisees. If you look at our, I think it's the second station of the cross, I think it was one of our third graders last year called one of them an evil wizard. I mean, he just looks in control, right? And there's Jesus having to embrace the cross, giving us of his whole self. That self-sacrificing, he certainly looks the weaker, especially in stations three, seven, and nine, when Jesus falls each of those three times. And yet, who is it that we imitate? We don't come in here to say, I want to be a strong, you know, kick-butt sort of guy like those Roman soldiers. No. We want to be like Christ. And what do we see when we come into the church? Jesus Christ on the cross, right? Laying down his whole life, dying for us. And what are we called to do? We're called to be like him. I mean, think about that popular phrase that was on bracelets all over the place not that very long ago. WWJD, what would Jesus do? He'd die for our sins, is what he'd do. He wouldn't take advantage and kick people down and, you know, or you know, fudge on the truth or let his patience go just because it's a tough time so it's okay for me to be terrible to everybody in the house. No, he was all about self-sacrifice. Even to the point, as we look at the gospel today, of knowing that they're trying to kill him, of knowing that you know, they're going to use every bit of means to bring him down. The chief priests and handing him over, the Romans doing what they do very well, torture on the cross. And yet, 
He went into the midst of it anyway. Why? To call us to salvation. To call us out of our fallen, sinful, selfish nature into His own self-sacrifice. Into His own love that is eternal. Unlike just a mere might that makes right, that ultimately leads to what? Life being poor, brutish, nasty, and short. What does Jesus offer us? He offers us the cross. What does the cross lead to? Life everlasting. Relationship with Him. And I would say, as we look at this, I just want to kind of reflect on just a couple more things. Think about the philosopher Karl Marx, right? He's got his famous uh, quote when you think about communism, that he marked, remarked that religion is the opiate of the masses. The seminarians and I were discussing this last night. It's not religion that's the opiate of the masses. It's atheism. To think that you can do whatever the hell you want in the midst of this life, right? You can take advantage of whoever you want. You can cheat. You can treat human beings with no dignity, be it the unborn, be it the immigrant, and have no consequences whatsoever. That is an opiate. What our faith calls us to is the reality that we have the hope of eternal life and that we have the perfect example to lead us on that way, who gave us the self-sacrifice of showing us how to do that. And as we hear in the first reading, you know, from the Book of Wisdom, that powerful reading, that we're going to hear the same sort of words on Good Friday of those around the cross, that Christ is obnoxious to them. Why? Because they know in the depths of their soul, as they are created in the image and likeness of God, know that by their very creation are called to sanctity, are called to greatness, and yet they don't want to react to it. They don't want to make the self-sacrifice, and so he is obnoxious to them, so they want to put him to death. The question is, in our own life, where is our calling to be Christ-like obnoxious to us? What is it that we need to lay aside in our own life? I would even say put to death in our own life that we too might follow Christ. And a hard thing for us in society, especially as we have social media all around us, and as I'm being broadcast on Facebook, I mean, I don't mean to knock social media, but you know, we can get criticism for striving to follow Christ. And, you know, it's obnoxious to others sometimes when we say, I am pro-life. I love the person who has come into this country and I'm going to do what I can to serve them. Bringing them all together, holding the whole gospel together can be very obnoxious. And we may get plenty of criticism from all over the place. But the question is, what is our life about? Avoiding criticism? Not being obnoxious to others? Or is it about becoming a saint? The beautiful thing for us, especially on a Friday in Lent, is to see everything that our Lord was willing to do for us to show us the way towards ultimate salvation, towards happiness, towards lasting peace. And it comes where? Through the cross. He ultimately, in those 14 stations, is the victor. He is the one that we adore and praise because by His cross, He has saved the world. The Roman soldiers look pretty darn strong in the midst of those stations. But it's not them that we want to imitate. Ask yourself the question in your day-to-day life, are you striving to imitate the selfless giving of Christ? To imitate 
his glorious and heroic self-sacrifice to be united to him in his sufferings. And this is the other thing that's scandalous, right where you are. Notice that in the gospel today, the people are offended. Why? Because they know where he's from, right? It's not like this sort of uh, easy nature of, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. You know, it's like it's all sort of ephemeral and I don't have to worry about it exactly. There's no actual rules and regulations for me. No, there are rules and regulations. We know where he's from and yet he comes from the Father. The particular and the eternal come together in Jesus Christ and they also meet in our lives. He's calling us to be saints when? Right now. He's calling us to be saints where? right where we are, regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves, whether it's in the midst of just a normal Friday or whether it's during the time of pandemic and we're at home and things are different, regardless of those circumstances, we're still called to be saints. We're still called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're still called to follow him with everything that we've got. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a tall order. It's hard to imitate the one who we see fall in Station 3, 7, and 9. But that's exactly what we're called to do. But the beautiful thing is, is that it doesn't end at Station 9. In fact, it doesn't even end at Station 14 when Jesus is laid in the tomb. It ends, quote-unquote, really never ends, but ends on Easter Sunday when Jesus is risen from the dead. We know the fact that he who laid down his life for us takes it up again. And we who deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Him, who don't buy into the philosophies of this world, that religion is an opiate of the masses, that life is poor, nasty, brutish, and short, when we don't buy into what the world offers us, but rather embrace our Lord, He will give us the grace to keep getting up again, to keep following Him, to keep bearing our cross, which leads where? All the way to the resurrection. Don't worry about being obnoxious to others. And in fact, as we look in our own hearts and we know that there are some things about our faith that may be obnoxious to us, allow that challenge. Ask our Lord into those places in your heart that you need to keep growing, that you need to keep denying yourself to keep following Him. Today is the day to grow in sanctity. Today is the day that He gives us the grace to do just that. May all of us once again be renewed in our following of Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us and who took it up again and invites us into that eternal life of his. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.